The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining me this week and every week, by the way, that you listen to Media Noise. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. It is the only way more people find out about this show, and it is the only way we get to keep doing more shows. It's kind of my job now that I'm running the BSM Podcast Network. We are going to talk all things college football as a new season is set to open. Last week, we sort of just focused on the pregame shows, but Arky Shea, Garrett Seawright, they will be along in just a moment to join me to talk about all things college football media as we get set to start a new season. But first, I don't know what to make or how to make sense of Ken Carmen's truly asinine comments that the backlash, the media, and thus the public are having to Deshaun Watson, his contract, the way the Browns have gone about just creating PR mess after PR mess for themselves is all about an anti-Cleveland Brown bias. So, you know, we expect the Browns to step into crap every single chance they can. So we come down harder on them when they do. Look, I I get it, man. Cleveland is a tight-knit place. They are diehards for their team. A lot of those Rust Belt cities are. I'm not taking away from the fandom at all. But Jesus Christ, read the friggin' room, right? I mean, this is a thing that has always kind of struck me, and I think you can really sort of juxtapose Ken's reaction, and frankly, other Cleveland media members' reactions as well, but Ken on his morning show on 92.3 The Fan is the one that just outright said, oh, they hate us because they ain't us, Cleveland Browns, whoop, whoop. Um, I think you could juxtapose that to the way so many people in the media have reacted to the story about Matt Ariza, punt god, as he was once known when he was at San Diego State University. This was a guy that was hyped up by a lot of people in the college football media regularly punting the ball 75 plus yards and so when he was drafted by the Buffalo Bills there was a lot of excitement of oh look at this guy coming to the NFL Pat McAfee propped him up Spencer Hall propped him up so many people propped him up and then this really ugly story about him being accused of participating in a gang rape of a minor while in school at San Diego State came out, and there wasn't a whole lot of uh, apologizing from the media. What's the right way to say it? There wasn't a whole lot of um, standing your ground, I guess, from the media. In fact, you heard McAfee outright say, I'm sorry for having propped this guy up. Uh, Alex Kirschner, who is a college football writer at Slate, said that you know he he learned this a, a hard way because he had interviewed Matt. He thought Matt made college football fun. I, I think that that is easier to do when we are talking about a national story versus a local story for a local audience. But the point is the same because the accusations, while not the same, one is rape versus uh, sexual misconduct. Uh, one is criminal versus the other civil. We are still talking about somebody victimizing women 
right? We're still talking about, like, forget women. We're talking about someone victimizing the vulnerable, and I don't think it does Ken Carmen, I don't think it does any local host any favors to play the whole they hate us because they ain't us kind of game around their guy who, by the way, suffers almost no consequence from this. It's it's not a great look. Like, no broadcaster wants to be in that position, and I don't know how he thought those comments could be received any other way. So I bring in my cohorts, Archie Shea and Garrett Seawright. We have been, the three of us, working all week long on Countdown to Coverage, where we have been putting a spotlight on everything college football media related gentlemen the real season is finally here we don't have to pretend duquesne and florida state is real football anymore we get actual games this week garrett i don't want to spend a ton of time because all of last week's episode was about game day versus big noon kickoff but you know that is what you picked as your favorite college football tv show big noon so tell me why this year with urban meyer back will be better than what we got last year without him because uh, he is significantly better than Bob Stoops. Um, God bless Bob Stoops, a big name that would get people to tune in on Saturday, but is nowhere near as uh, charismatic, I think, or as understanding maybe of the television product that Urban Meyer is. Um, and, and he just brings a, like a, a certain dynamic. One, it used to be uh, a certain credibility that I don't, we could argue whether that exists anymore or not, but he, he brings. No, we don't have to argue. It doesn't. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but. <laughs> he's one, he understands television because he dove into it and is like, I want to be really good at this. And, you know, I don't know, not to speak ill of Bob Stoops, I don't know. I, I don't know that necessarily he had that same drive and ambition to be great at that as Urban Meyer does. Arky, I, I kind of want to talk all three of us because on Friday, the last column in this series was about best television crew. Best play-by-play crew. I picked Gus and Clatt on Fox. Uh, Garrett, you picked uh, the primetime crew on ABC, Kirk and Chris Fowler. Arky, you went with uh, Brad and Garrett on CBS, Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson. And I know we're a year away from NBC, or excuse me, from the Big Ten coming on to CBS and NBC's uh, radar. But I do wonder, as a guy that grew up a lifelong SEC fan, have you considered that this might be the last year that those two are exclusively doing SEC games? Uh, it, uh, it's not actually crossed my mind at all, to be honest with you. Uh, like when we were sort of uh, formulating this idea for this assignment, I was mainly concerned with when I tune into a broadcast, like what are the voices that tell me I'm listening to college football and that this is an important game? And there are lots of great broadcasters out there, lots of great commentators out there, two color men and, and sideline analysts. But the best in the business has been Brad Nestler in the booth for a long time for me. Uh, that is a voice that I have loved forever. I think there's a gravitas in the way he presents the game that uh, really sort of elevated CBS to another level, even though I was a big Vern Lundquist guy. Uh, even uh, so, some of his uh, mispronunciation foibles that people wanted to poke fun at. Some of these names are hard. Like no one knew, knew what a Tua Tonga Vailoa was when he when he came in, <laughs> uh, or even a Johnny Menzel for for that matter. But it, the, the thing is, I, I think the biggest pushback I get was for, sort of with Gary Danielson. But I'll I'll argue this till the day I die, which could be on next next episode. I get the media noise. Um, Gary Danielson does so much work going into the game that this guy was predicting plays before Tony Romo made it a cool thing. 
Now we do it like once or twice in the broadcast most because he'd see what he saw at practice, what he's paying attention to film. And then you felt like he knew something you didn't know. And you make fun of him all you want. Now you personally, but other people can. No, I but will. That guy speaks college yeah. football to me and he has been great. And he's been on that broadcast forever. Uh, I would also like to point out he is the one that last year said, and I quote during the Iron Bowl, Bo Nix took a shit in the pocket. <laughs> okay, now to be <laughs> fair to him, um, I think that was two Iron Bowls ago. Uh, was it two? And, Iron- <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I would like to just give Do him you, that. That uh, For everybody listening, the mis- reason Arky knows this is because I immediately texted him and said, we just heard Gary say took a shit, right? Yeah, and listen, Gary Danielson's also like kind of he's a little more the everyday guy, even though some people think he's Purdue hoity toity. Like he just talks like he's a guy for the most part. So sometimes, you know, words slip. And for me, that that that's very much okay. Like this is not a perfect business. I'm not looking for perfect nomenclature for perfect diction. I'm looking for guys who know the game and sound like they know the game. Garrett, you're a Big Ten guy, so you obviously watch a lot more of Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt than uh, either Arky and I do. Now, look, I pick them as my favorite play-by-play team, and really, I think Klatt's a knowledgeable guy. I think he's a very good analyst. I am a Gus apologist through and through. Uh, I wrote this in the piece that whoever long ago decided that college sports had to sound like church, I hate their guts, and I hope they roll over in their grave every time Gus is on a call. But you're the one, like, for you, it's your Buckeyes. Literally most weeks, it is your Buckeyes yes. on the Big Dude uh, Saturday game. How do you feel about Gus on the call of that game, approaching this very differently than anyone else in the college football broadcasting business? So an overarching, I like Gus a lot. There are just some times where he's screaming, and I'm not certain why. Like I get that there, there is adrenaline pumping through your veins. Like there, there's the, the, you know, the famous play where I, I, I guess I don't remember. Was it Denzel Ward who blew up the Maryland wide receiver? And he's like, you having a barbecue and you didn't invite me. Like that's, that's a perfect response to like that fits the moment. And then other times on like a third and three, when they get a four yard carry, and he's like, oh! like, okay, Gus, it's like, it's the first quarter. My favorite is after something Gus like Gassum's that. And they go. go and they go to break, and he'll yell, oh, my goodness, Fox Sports! That is probably <laughs> my favorite thing that Gus Johnson does, uh, period. All right, so we are probably in the last year of basically understanding college football to be a lot of ESPN, now a lot of Fox, and CBS and NBC sort of dip their toe in the water, right? Like, we're going to get a lot more NBC soon, uh, CBS, at least for one year, is going to have that transition. I would, I would bet they end up with some rights from either the Pac-12 or the Big 12 to partner with uh, this secondary or tertiary Big Ten game they're going to get each week. But, Arky, you wrote a piece this week outside of our countdown to coverage stuff that really hammered home, like, what we're looking at, man. Every network that covers the NFL has a big pregame show and you say there's no reason not to think that that's coming to college football, too. Yeah, that that is huge for me, uh, is that when you're sort of forecasting what you sort of see happening, I, I can't remember, and, and I'm a I'm a young lad of uh, just under 40. I don't know a time when all network television was anywhere near this invested in college athletics. And so, as you could tell, live sports draws ratings. Live sports, it's still drawing lots of advertising dollars, so much so that – 
you know, other companies, other networks are paying double rights fees for what it was for the National Football League. College football just sent the ESPN, excuse me, sent to uh, the Big Ten a uh, uh, billion dollars a season uh, for, for, for their rights deals. There's no reason now to see the way NBC is doing with, with the Peacock, but also if they re-up with Notre Dame, and if they find themselves with a Big 12 deal, which is the, the story reporting has been out there, is that they're very interested in a deal like that. To sort of see a triple header from them, to see a triple header, of course, was already with ABC with all of their coverage, uh, a triple header with Fox, clearly, because they still have Big 12 rights. And I, I'm assuming they'd like to keep some big uh, Pac-12 rights, too. And then CBS. CBS has been rumored to also be very interested in either a Big 12, Pac-12 package, or even a group of five, a strong group of five package that they would they would like to do. So if you're going to continue to see all this money being put into it, if you're putting double and triple headers on, 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 on your networks on the Saturday, treat it like the NFL. Give it a nice pregame show, too. Make it an event, and all of a sudden, you've got competition to sort of go to where you wake up on your Saturday mornings. Uh, CBS, I believe, already has a relationship with the Mountain West as part of mm -hmm. the uh, CBS Sports Network package. Like, that would certainly cover that primetime slot. Um, it would be nice to see my beloved Bose on network television opposed to everything yeah. being on an app. Uh, but, uh, but we'll certainly see one thing that I think all three of us really enjoyed is we put a spotlight on the best digital media property as it relates to college football. All of us picked podcast Arky, uh, you picked the solid verbal, uh, Garrett, uh, picked Andy Staple show and I picked, uh, the shutdown full cast like to me. And I understand that it is because of how invested in college football, the three of us are as fans. I, I don't think any sport is as good online. Uh, as college football is. There are certainly NBA podcasts I like. There are certainly uh, betting podcasts I like, but I, I think college football online just has its own unique identity. And you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I think you guys are deeper into other sports than I am. Uh, am, am I right to say college football kind of does the most with the internet? Oh, absolutely. Like the, the college football like subreddit is... Yeah. It's fantastic. College football Twitter is as fun as Twitter can be, uh, except for Florida State. Um, the 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 digital presence, and it, it's almost the flip side of you know you talked about the broadcast being you know stuffy. The college football on the internet is the exact opposite. Like this is fun because it's supposed to be fun. Like right. and and people make it fun. And I, yeah. I think more than anybody else, college football does that better digitally than than any other sport. Garrett's right. Like there's a 133 FBS teams coming up in the next couple of seasons that you, you talk about basically being able to include the entire country into a conversation. And college football just has more options that way. Uh, college football embraces sort of the seriousness to a degree of wanting to break down, you know, who's the best uh, power five conference, but also the bizarreness of like, what do we name the new South Carolina live mascot? <laughs> like, yes. There's just, you enjoy the, the serious and the frivolity of it. And like, you, you just don't have the, the Packers bears meet for the 407th <laughs> straight time. Kind of like this means life and death as opposed to what college football fans were, which is like, this is a damn good time every Saturday. I do want to ask everybody one last question because this has been a hotly debated thing, not just at the site, but all around. What do we do with Lee Corso? And I don't even necessarily mean, do we keep him? Do we get rid of him? How do we contextualize Lee Corso in 2022? 
I think Lee Corso still is what drives that show as far as like what has become like essentially without Lee Corso and that energy and how that sort of show began, like that show literally is just show up and listen to us talk about, you know, David Pollock's top inside linebackers. You know, it, it's not <laughs> right. quite the same. And Hey, listen, maybe Luke Bryan shows up and gives you a celebrity pick, you know, like Lee Corso revolutionized a, a really simple idea like that that no one can do once he's gone like you just there's just no way you're allowed to do it um so i think for that reason i'd like to protect him and bring him out for like a maximum of two segments of show but like you if you could if you could make him like like it's like it's a wrestling super card and you build and you build and you build and everyone's there for that big main event the big payoff it's the headgear pick I think you could protect him to a degree with that and not make him sort of feel like he's uh, an albatross out there just sort of slowing down the, the, the program. But I do think I agree with Ryan Brown, who gave one of a, wrote one of our columns earlier the week on the site, who said, dude, day 87, the dude revolutionized this and figured it out. The dude gets to choose when he leaves. I'm on the flip side of that. I, I, I And I say this telling you that, Someday Lee Corso will die and I will sob along with Kirk Street on that college game day Saturday when they when they bring it up and talk about it. I will sob like a child because I, I love the man and because I love the man. I don't want to see the performance that he had on Saturday. And I realize part of that is the delay and, and those things. But for a couple of years now, he's struggled to get out sentences that he wants to say and has said, you know, I have to script what I want to say. When it's at that point, and I realize nobody wants nobody ESPN wants to be the one to say, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do something here," and and I realize that nobody wants to replace him because I don't think anybody can replace him. You, you can hire Ed Orgeron or Mike Gundy to be the next Lee Corso, but they're not going to be the next Lee Corso. I, I assume he, Mike Gundy is already contractually tied to OAN for a pregame show. Ah, that's pro- probably fair. The uh, <laughs> I don't even know what conference is playing on Newsmax or whatever, but the, <laughs> the eventual, the eventual Newsmax. It's uh, just Liberty Saturday. Games. Oh gosh, <laughs> true. Uh, but like, legally, discuss the Notre Dame package. That's, you're right. Any problematic I, school Newsmax. I, I, I think. You, you pre-produce a segment where Lee Corso still makes his picks at home and you let him take as many tries as it takes to be as good and fantastic as he wants to be, make him still feel like he's a part of the show. But for three hours every Saturday, he just can't do it anymore. And I, I realize that's like saying to your grandpa, like, hey, you shouldn't be driving anymore or whatever. Nobody wants to have that conversation, but somebody needs to have the the, the berries to, to have that conversation and say, hey, LC, we love you, but this is the last go around. Like this is, we're going to take you on a farewell tour. People are going to tell you how much they love you, but this has to be it. What well, a- Garrett, Garrett's right. And Dimitri, let me ask you about that. By the way, Garrett, I'm you're one of the only two people I know that can call him LC because you guys are buds. Oh um, yeah, no, we go back a long way. <laughs> Graduated from Dimitri. College. Let me just sort of ask you to sort of contextualize that for you. Lee Corso is is sort of that guy, but could could do you think you could minimize him to that degree? and still have sort of the same show because ESPN, you know, it's like, how do you tell Kobe it's time? And what do you do if you're the Lakers or if you're the Yankees and Derek Jeter? Yeah. Uh, or if you're Bobby Bowden in Florida State, like there's so much equity built up with him. Like it's, it's difficult to say that, like, I have to put you on a time frame. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And even just two years ago during the pandemic season when he was from home, I, I totally agreed with Garrett. I, I thought, look, he seems more comfortable at home. He really seems to enjoy putting dumb hats on that Reese Davis cutout. Like, let's let him do this all from poolside, if that is how he is more comfortable. But I do think as soon as he came back to the live show, you saw how important the interaction with Kirk specifically is for that yeah. show. And the back and forth, not the back and forth, but the playing to the crowd, whether as the hero or the villain, when he picks whatever it is he's going to pick. I know that, like, I the way you frame that is a good one. You know, the Yankees and Jeter, the Lakers and Kobe. I mean, it's cold, but the one that handled it right was Florida State and Bobby Bowden. Like, at some point, you got to say, you got to decide, what are we? Are we game day or are we Lee Corso? And I don't want to see – I agree with Ryan Brown. I think the guy gets to choose when he goes – I think if you're ESPN, I think you need to have a very concrete plan of when he goes so that you feel more comfortable limiting him in whatever way it's going to be. If if that's what you want to do. If you want to let him keep being Lee Corso, fine. But understand that this online backlash is not doing him any favors each week. Yeah, and the backlash, you like most of the time, backlash is just a lot of being mean but th- yeah. this seems like it's concern i, I was and- gonna say i think like the backlash generally comes with like anybody gets backlash because people love to hate on people i don't think anybody wants to hate on lee corso i don't think yeah. anybody wants to say this guy sucks i don't think nobody wants to say that but and it's similar to the like the jeter and in, in, in or in this vein of Derek jeter and kobe bryant like you can let them go as long as they want until it's not noticeable when it becomes noticeable, like, oh, you don't have it anymore. Please don't put me in that position where I've got to make the decision. Please, you realize what's going on and say, okay, we had a good run, but this is it. All right. Uh, we have gone very long, but look, I, I mean, it's the first week of college football. We, I apologize for nothing. Uh, we will <laughs> talk to you next week. Until then, please rate, review, and subscribe. Media Noise, it is how more people are going to find this show we'll talk to you next week everybody this concludes our broadcast day thanks for listening to the media noise podcast with dimitri ravanos be sure to subscribe on itunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes to stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings visit barrettsportsmedia.com 